We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're drafting against the Rotoviz Overtime listener community today. Sean is myself, yourself. We are teaming up against 11 others of the Rotoviz Overtime listeners. And we've done this over the past couple of years. This is the earliest that we've ever jumped in to do a listener draft. We've obviously done some early drafts myself and yourself in the past, but this one's going to be fun. We Our first one last year was on the 26th of June. This one is happening on the 26th of February. So, Next year, we'll be doing our first one in the 26th of November. I think it feels like that's the trajectory we are on. But this is going to be fun. It is the Never Too Early FFPC $35 entry contest. Obviously, you play in this league against 11 others. Then if you are successful, the top two move along to the end of season contest. And you'll advance through to hopefully be in the final to have a chance to win that top prize. But Sean... We are going to have a lot of fun in this draft. We have the 105. It's going to be a 60-second clock. We'll have some time. We'll have a look through. We'll preview our team. Then we'll do the draft, obviously. We'll then obviously recap it and see what maybe we could have done different. The one thing I can promise the people who are listening in is the ADP in this draft will probably be a little bit different to what you're used to when you're checking out normal drafts. We're going to have we're going to have our listeners here knowing exactly what we're trying to do, Sean, and they're going to try and outsmart us. So looking forward to this one. That's always the fun part of these drafts to draft with a community that sees things somewhat similarly and they have the advantage of our rankings and the insights that we have put out there. Colin, we had a couple years ago results where we finished toward the bottom of the listener leagues last season. The team that we actually drafted in a listener league in the Superflex contest was the one that went on and finished 16th overall. That was pretty fun. So it could go either way here. We're going to have to be at the top of our game if we want to successfully compete with the listeners. Being at the 105 is interesting because this, by ADP, is the first spot that you get a non-quarterback. That's the Justin Jefferson slot. You can pull up that ADP draft grid over at Rotoviz in the fantastic best ball tools that Mike Beers originally put together and that Dave, Blair, Anthony do such a great job of keeping up and improving as we go along but colin we're gonna we're gonna be in that range there where we're looking at joe burrow justin jefferson justin herbert travis kelsey christian mccaffrey 
maybe even Lamar Jackson. The 105 is an interesting pick. The 105, Sean, is going to be interesting. There's lots of potential options there. Obviously, players could fall to you, but we'll see We'll see what happens. I think that if Justin Jefferson's there, he is the pick. Travis Kelsey would also be in the mix, but you never know in a draft like this, you may see some off the quarterback slide a little bit. As I mentioned in the intro, we will see some of the community maybe try and do some different things we talk a lot about in the super flex tournaments doing a little something kind of contrarian so it's going to be interesting to see how this draft falls and we've talked on a few of the recent shows about the the boards and how things may look as your draft progresses but that's something that we have to keep in mind in this draft today as well that things may go a little bit differently so as the draft kicks off we get josh allen 101 we get jalen hurts at the 102 patrick mahomes Justin Jefferson, Sean, goes at the 104 to Tim. So we're up at the 105. And I mentioned the possibility of a quarterback falling in this draft. That gives you the option of Joe Burrow. If we wanted to go by ADP, he would be an option. The other one then for me as a non-quarterback that I would be targeting at this point is Travis Kelsey and tight end premium. So what are your thoughts here? I, I would be leaning towards either Burrow or going uh, tight end no premium with the the king of tight end premium and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, if you grab Travis Kelsey here, then it gives you so much flexibility as you go through the rest of the draft. Even though this is super flex and that takes away one of the starting flex positions, we know that tight ends are going to be very important for this particular format. The roster construction explorer tends to tell us that three or even four tight ends is the ideal approach. But you give yourself, number one, almost an extra starting spot, and number two, flexibility. If you get a hit out of that quarterback at the top spot, Joe Burrow, someone I really like, thought he was very undervalued last year. He, Fields, and Jalen Hurts were our three big targets, along with, unfortunately, Trey Lance, who was injured and did not perform as well as the other three. But Burrow up here at the 104-105, that is more difficult because he has to be – he has to hit on one of these legendary types of seasons. The type of season that even for a quarterback like a Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees only comes around, you know, once every three, once every four years to really be a home run pick at this spot. And so for me, I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey. It'll be interesting to see how the drafters attack the quarterback position. Also understanding this balance between the hybrid QBs and the pass oriented quarterbacks and sean as you were talking through there i'm going to start to share the draft board because i wanted to make sure we had that first pick on the 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 card i guess we'll say and as we share it listeners will be interested to see we get christian mccaffrey went one pick after us then we get lamar jackson justin fields kevin at the 109 i know you said about you know and my fear sometimes with borrow in this situation is the lack of rushing upside but when we look here at the 109 it's a, a nice place to get him interesting as we work through the rest of the draft we get justin herbert then jamar chase then we get into cooper cup and tyree kill back to back at the 112 for ryan and daniel so we're going to see how it plays out as we wait to get back to the mid second round sean trevor lawrence goes off the board who is the ideal player here for you are we looking at this point to really continue to see what happens and avoid quarterback for these next couple of rounds obviously somebody may slide back to us that may be too much to give up in the the mid-second but probably at this point we're we're letting it slide and and seeing who some of those quarterback options are when we move into those mid rounds rather than rather than second and third what are you thinking yeah i think that once trevor lawrence 
goes off the board, then you're probably looking at a mid-round QB, which in this case would even be just Tua in round three. You're looking at a variety of late-round QBs. If not for the -the off-the-field stuff, I think we would be looking at Deshaun Watson. He's someone who we discussed on a show recently went from wildly overvalued to now perhaps marginally undervalued if a full offseason allows him to have an uptick in 2023. The other thing here is, again, as we're looking to build that foundation and get that flexibility, sort of an anchor running back to go with an anchor tight end is interesting. If Jonathan Taylor or Bijan Robinson are there, they would also be hard to pass up. But again, we know that the listeners are probably going to let running backs fall a little bit more. Again, they also understand that you lose a flex spot, so you have a little bit different dynamic Colm, what are you looking we at? We are here? up. Yeah, so we are back up. Uh, as the draft has fallen, Jonathan Taylor did go one slot before us. Mark Andrews just before that. Diggs would have been a potential option for me. The players I've added to the queue, Sean, are Barkley. You've mentioned Robinson, then A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. One of the troubles in drafts like this that we've experienced in the past is passing on wide receiver is not usually a good option because we'll see that the the listeners will want to really stock up on those wide receivers so i wouldn't be against going with aj brown or cd lamb here you mentioned the kind of establishing that running back so Bijan robinson was one of the names barkley there also all four are very interesting for me which way do you want to go as we have 10 seconds left well it sounded like you were pushing toward the wide receiver position so let's go ahead and sounds grab... like you've uh sounds like sean has heard this podcast before <laughs> we'll go ahead and grab liam i've got for a wide finish receiver. out so well last year i think that there is still we got finally the secondary breakout from lamb because of the way he has gently improved we'll say i think there's still a third breakout in there for him now that's not guaranteed getting to that top level where you're at the justin jefferson jamar chase cooper cup Devonte adams type of range to move in there as we watched tyree kill do last season to have that Stefan Diggs mid-career emergence where you're hitting it maybe even not necessarily for a full season but in eight game stretches and those eight game stretches you know could be the time period where you're pushing to the fantasy playoffs and then you have that individual game upside that not isn't just one game but could be three games during the fantasy playoffs and in this case during a tournament that wins it for you that's a difficult jump, but it's one that I think that we could get from Lamb. We also would expect with the change of coordinators that Lamb may get even more underneath targets. The floor for him, if he stays healthy, should be extremely high. Colin Robinson does go around the turn. We haven't had more quarterbacks go off the board. Kirk Cousins, Watson, Tua, those guys are there. Daniel Jones is a third-round ADP guy. He has that flexibility he has the hybrid profile Derek Henry someone who pushed our team last year there are gonna be a lot of options here one of the options that I really like it's a question of whether or not Brees Hall is going to be one of these guys who could immediately come back or if he has the situation that we watched last year from J.K. Dobbins the most recent reports for Javante Williams unfortunately have been really pretty negative on him and so he's likely to continue to tumble down draft boards as a result of that we're a couple picks away two more guys are going to go before our selection for anybody not watching on youtube the picks there were Devonte adams aj brown robinson barkley an excellent pick waddle a guy that we like 
really probably the same level as Lamb and then Watson. Yeah, so I was thinking, you know, Amon Ra or Waddle may sneak back or one of the running backs, but Brees Hall is an option. Other players I've added into the queue is Kenneth Walker. You mentioned two. Uh, then at wide receiver, I do like Yard Wilson and T. Higgins, but I think that we probably could go with Tua or Brees Hall if one of those are available. And at the moment, there's one selection to go, so one of them will definitely be available. How do you feel about Tua, Sean? I have him clearly ahead of the other quarterbacks that are in this range. You know, we have Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and this kind of zone. So he would be my pick at quarterback if we were going quarterback or else the other option would be Hall or one of those two wide receivers. But I think here I'm, I'm leaning towards Hall or Tua. Yeah, I, Tua is the guy who gives you a shot at a third-round QB that should produce first-round prices. Very similar, really. I, I think if he if he hasn't the uh, head trauma, Brown. yeah, if he hasn't the head trauma, I think he's going right up there with you know Justin Herbert and Justin Fields in this draft. Perhaps it, I mean, if he had stayed healthy the entire season, the Dolphins would have put up such ridiculous numbers that I mean he would have had to have been at least in that conversation, but he did have the head injury. That does matter. The other kind of minor dynamic in this is that both of his wide receivers have gone. I also think that we're going to get some good QB prices as we continue to traverse the draft. So I might really be leaning toward hall here. Again, you're taking a little bit of an injury risk. We took some injury risks last year. Some of them paid off. Some of them did not, but hall would be my, pick as the best running back currently in the nfl if we were to get back to 100 let's go with hall and then we won't draft any running backs for the next 16 rounds and, and we'll all be good uh, i i think it's pretty close I do, I do think i think hall as well also has the option that could possibly jump right up and uh, be in that range you know when we're talking about austin eckler going as running back two in this we have jonathan taylor i do think again if breach hall stays healthy and they are big ifs he didn't stay healthy he's coming back off a quite a serious injury so there's obviously a reason that he is not going in that range but mid third round rb7 i think is is pretty fair i do think too though has the potential to really jump up and be you know in that quarterback seven eight range with the wide receivers that he has there so interesting though sean what the wide receivers Dak prescott went as or sorry what the quarterbacks he went as quarterback nine then we get no quarterbacks to Deshaun Watson, a quarterback 10, early third round. And that that would be a, an interesting spot there that we could have picked up to. But it's right at the range he usually goes as quarterback 13. So normally, this is using the, the road of his draft grid when you're over at the FFPC dashboard. Usually Deshaun Watson goes right around the, the last pick or second last pick of the second round. So a, a couple of picks discount there. But we are now into the mid third round Kirk Cousins usually QB 11 Daniel Jones QB 12 Tua QB 13 and then Russell Wilson QB 14 all those guys are generally third round picks by ADP in this contest none of them have gone off the board yet in the mid third so Sean there is a possibility that some of those guys could sneak back to us in the fourth or fifth and we could get a, a real discount at the quarterback position but we have started with Travis Kelsey CD Lamb and Brees Hall and I think obviously there's more balance there than we would have it in certain drafts but I think it's a it's a pretty nice start to uh, to you know get those taste buds going as we kick things off. And I like getting the balance start in these super flex drafts better than in most other formats. And it's for me with the one less flex. Yeah, and it's almost 
a zero QB type of pivot when you're looking for a way to create a power team in a tournament. We know that having the QBs early is a very high floor way to play it. And then when your position players stay healthy, it's a high ceiling way as well. And so if you get good health to go with those early QBs, that's the other way to build a team that not only just shreds your individual league, but puts you in position to win the overall tournament. We have three teams so far who have taken two QBs through three rounds. Kevin was able to go back to back out of the ninth pick with Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott. I think you have to really like that start. Eric was able to go with Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson with the second pick and then wrapping back around the second pick in the third round. So rounds one and three. And then Touch of Green has gone out of the eighth pick with Justin Fields and then does get Tua, which is about where he's going by ADP right now. I think if you have Fields, Tua, and then Stephon Diggs, that's a dream start. So I, we're going to like most of the rosters that folks put together here. And so I mean, that part shouldn't be a surprise. What's going to be interesting to see is how individual drafters deal with the draft slots that they got, right? If you have the 101, 102, you're going to be able to do different things than the 111, 112. And at the same time, those drafters at the back will also have some different options. You look at Ryan and Daniel out of the last spot. They started Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill. That's the really fun type of thing that you can do in Superflex. And while they're going to have to make some really strong picks and do some interesting things structurally to make that work the rest of the way. That's part of the challenge. That's part of the fun of being in this position. And the fact that they didn't simply chase quarterback points or take an Austin Eckler, that type of thing out of the 112. I like the what they've done there. So now we get to see how they want to not really redeem that start, but how they're going to make that start work with their, 18 further picks. So, Colin, in case it wasn't obvious, I'm really enjoying this draft. Fired up to see what we do. Fired up for the listeners. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level, too. Epson just hooked me up with this new. Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Sean, just a quick recap since our last selection. It is Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Tua, Devontae Smith. TJ Hawkinson, then Travis Etienne and Kyle Pitts. So we have four tight ends off the board through those opening three rounds. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out the rest off the way. When we look at Kyle Pitts is usually tight end four, but usually at the mid to back end of that fourth round. And again, it does sometimes become a little bit of a squeeze when you are, are moving in and, and people are taking those tight ends. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the league now as we draft starts to see if there's a little bit of a squeeze on the position. Devontae Smith, also somebody who usually goes in the mid-fourth round, going a little bit earlier player we really like. So let's see how it plays out. Sean, when we look back to some of the options that we may have available, it is still you know, six, seven picks to we will be back up. Russell Wilson has just gone off the board, but Kenneth Walker, who we talked about potentially at the last pick, is still there. I, I do think he'll be gone. George Kittle is there. Dallas Goddard is there. Daniel Jones, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. Chris Olave so we're going to have options when we get to that selection we now have one running back one wide receiver one tight end at this point we can go in any direction you can always go in the fourth round in any direction you want but we can we can really let it go and see how it plays out here is there a dream pick for you when we get to this point I I would ideally be bouncing back to the the wide receiver position again here I think though if Kenneth Walker would be available that would be a little bit too much for me to to think about passing up in, in this range Who, who's your dream pick here if we if we can make that pick six picks ahead mine may have been Debo Samuel who just went off the board yeah if you are able to get Kenneth Walker a full round below ADP I think you have to take that there are some concerns about how their offense will look if he'll catch enough passes and yet the talent that he demonstrated last year not necessarily even that far off of Brees Hall I mean Kenneth Walker is a guy who we could be talking at mid-season 2023 as one of the top two or three running backs in the entire NFL we could see him just blowing by Saquon Barkley we could see him up there with Jonathan Taylor it'll be fascinating to watch where Robinson goes in the draft and then how his team deploys him but if you're looking at McCaffrey Robinson maybe Taylor Hall Walker going past some of those guys. Walker going past Austin Eckler, who someone I have drafted in a number of drafts already. So I'm not out on him. And yet at the same time, Eckler at a huge risk of being the guy who collapses down the board this season. Yeah, I mean, if we have a shot at Walker here, I think you have to take it. The other one who would also be a full round below ADP and is a good fit is Daniel Jones. Probably he ends up back with the Giants. Obviously, there are the reports that he wants $45 million a year. 
a lot of teams are going to be skeptical of that. And at the same time, a lot of teams are going to look at him as one of the NFL's better arm talents and one of the best rushing QBs. You put some guys around him, you build the team correctly, and suddenly, I mean, we talked about him after the wildcard upset as being you know, Josh Allen light, and then they get hammered by the Eagles, and it doesn't look quite as promising, and yet, I don't know, I mean, his 2023 and into the future, I don't think you can pass him here and call him, I kind of say that, as he does make it back to our spot. Both of these guys have Yeah, so we have a decision to make. So we have the option of Daniel Jones or Kenneth Walker. I think they're the two clear options. I was going to put in my pitch on for Kyler Murray. He went two picks before. I think he, Frank, one of our longtime listeners, uh, somebody I got to meet over in Canton last year, uh, gets him there ahead of us. But I'll let you decide, Sean. I would lean here towards, I think I would still lean towards Kenneth Walker here. But which way do you want to go? Yeah, well, that's I mean that's still the more fun way. So, we'll we'll grab a a Colin Kelly special. We'll yeah, see I can't if... believe I, I've uh, I've I've pitched for the running back. Uh, I feel I feel dirty now at this point. Well, we know that the team drafting in the fourth spot, Tim needs a QB. He would have to pass twice for Daniel yeah. Jones to get back around. The other three managers have a QB, but obviously if you get a guy that you like here as much as we'd like Daniel Jones, it's hard to see them passing on a second QB. So I don't think that he'll get back, but I mean, again, that's the joy of these listener leagues. You never know for sure what is going to happen. I was disappointed that Kyle Pitts didn't make it back to us. He's someone who by ADP would have been in that range. I think the two elite tight end start here with some of the other positions being a little bit flatter than how they play out in other drafts. That would have been interesting. He obviously wasn't going to make it to us. Still we'll a lot of so for... I, I think there's a, there's a lot of interesting things to play out over these next couple of picks. So you talked about uh, Tim drafting next to us. He did go Josh Jacobs. And one of the reasons I was thinking about skipping over Kenneth Walker there is the other running back that I really do like in this, in this range of the draft is DeAndre Swift. And I do think that he will potentially be there if it wasn't a, an OT listener league, Sean, I'd be very confident he would get back to us there in the mid-fifth in this particular format. He may not in this situation, but I was thinking if we went Daniel Jones there, we could have then got DeAndre Swift. So it's going to be interesting if it's a case that Jones goes and then we have to take somebody else. Sometimes you can do those 2v2s of if we want Jones and Swift versus Walker and whoever we end up getting could have been a an interesting pairing. But let's see where that shakes out the other one sean obviously you get more rushing upside with daniel jones the other quarterback that's going to go in this range is jared goff and obviously we were big on jared goff last year but i think there's still upside to be tapped there this year and then the savior of our team last year sean was a 20th round geno smith he's not going in the 20th round this year but he is somebody who i still think that there is potential room to improve based on what we've seen last year and how the offense played i, I still think there's that like where we were last year going into that offense we thought it was we thought it was going to be pretty good but everyone else thought it was going to be terrible but i think they could still potentially take another leap forward trey lance does go off the board next those quarterbacks that i mentioned sean and goff and gino the other quarterbacks in this range are your boy Derek carr and my boy who is not sean's boy Aaron Rodgers. out of those have you i i think it's probably true you have daniel jones a, a tier above that but out of those guys after if we missed out on daniel jones any of those that that stand out as, as potential options here at the, the 505 i don't think so i 
there's just enough, not enough that differentiates them from a scoring perspective to burn a high value pick here. I, I mean, there's a lot at the wide receiver position that we can get into. You mentioned Swift. I've had to move him down my board as a result of just the way that it seems like they want to use him. Yeah. If you're almost looking at him as a 2024 home run selection, that obviously doesn't help us here in 2023. Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, I think are probably better picks at this point. If Jamal Williams is back with the Lions, yes, you'd expect it to tilt a little bit more in the favor of Swift next year. And yet, I mean, in some ways, you're the lesser half of the committee from a high-value touch perspective. And he's going to get the high-value touches that we really, really care about in terms of those explosive receiving touches. He's going to score more touchdowns. Hopefully, he's going to stay healthy. But if you've established yourself as an injury-prone back and you're going to be in a complete committee, it's harder for me to get excited drafting him at these prices when Pollard is going to be in a committee in all likelihood again. There are some free agency things that we don't know 100% are locks. We tend to assume these things, and then you do get a few surprises. But if Pollard is in a committee with Ezekiel Elliott, that's much easier to navigate. It's hilarious to say that, that you can score points when your backup is Ezekiel Elliott as opposed to when it's Jamal Williams. And then just the other guy here, Ramondre Stevenson, I think probably deserves to be right there. I I love Travis Etienne. He goes to the Achievers, the Achievers draft, and a lot of these drafts with us. We love that team name. Obviously, we've got multiple Big Lebowski theme names in this. Carl Hungus drafting out of the 101 does take Daniel Jones and then DeAndre Swift. The picks from Derrick Henry at the 304 to around where we are here with potentially Pollard and Stevenson coming off, I think those guys are all arguably in one tier. And so if you could hit the back end of it, that's probably a good thing. Colin, we're potentially positioned to take three guys out of it, which would also not be a disaster, especially because, as we mentioned, Jones goes. But the other player I really wanted here was Jerry Judy. He's someone who, well above ADP at wide receiver 19, the 502. That's where he should be going. Where he's going in actual drafts is far too low. Yeah, no, I think he, I think he is going too low, and I think he went in a kind of appropriate spot here. I was hoping that he would come back. The other one I was going to have an interesting conversation you, to you about was George Kittle, who had slid a little bit, but he does go at the five oh three. So we're one pick away from him. We'll be selecting Sean. The other part is it's a pretty dry, flat area here in this particular draft for wide receiver. You would usually have other options here. There's a range where DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, DeAndre Hopkins may go. Um, the only wide receiver that we really have in this range that we'd be looking at, and I think it's a little bit too early, but in this draft, Sean, I'm going to pitch that it may not be too early as Keenan Allen usually goes a little bit later. We are now sitting on the clock. Geno Smith was the selection before us. Do we want to get into a situation with that third running back? Do we want to reach here a little bit on one of these wide receivers, or do we want to luck a little bit at Dallas Goddard I think because we've waited at QB we have a chance to have this powerhouse team at the running back position that very few other teams in the tournament are going to be able to have if we hit on our QBs then this running back firepower could be the difference between finishing first and you know really any other result I would like to go Stevenson here is that a pick that works for you 
It is. I have. I, I'm going to have to uh, have a have a shower after this draft's over. So Colin doesn't like the fact that we've gone Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson. As a result of that, we can say very definitively that your pick of C.D. Lamb in the second round, I mean, that, that was the way to go. It freed us up to do that. If we had taken Robinson there, then these other yeah. picks would have been a non-starter. And I like I, I like doing things that are a little bit different from, from time to time when we're doing these drafts. We've had a lot of success doing it, Sean, that way. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, having that trio and you want to differentiate, it is quite unlikely. There's still a possibility that it will happen that we'll end up starting two quarterbacks every single week in those flex spots but these running backs are the tight ends that we have picked up in kelsey and other ones we'll pick up later they can slot in there and you mentioned kind of the the comparative points on a week-to-week basis i think the upside of the the running backs we've drafted there and the quarterbacks that are kind of going in a, a similar range I, I would have been very very interested previously if we had got kyle kyler murray to, to go two more picks there for us to the kenneth walker selection so we did pass on Daniel Jones to take Kenneth Walker he went before he came back DeAndre Swift also went Sean before it came back to us Daniel Jones and DeAndre Swift or Kenneth Walker and Ramon Ray Stevenson which Jew would you prefer there I'm gonna go with Walker and Stevenson <laughs> that's because we picked them uh, I mean those running backs are gonna score so many points if they stay healthy and you you have to draft with some of the optimism that they will if you're going to go ahead and make some of these running back selections I, I love this team. And the big problem that we have with this team, which anybody listening in probably has been staring at from many miles away, is that it normally when you start without a QB in the first five rounds, you're thinking, okay, well, we'll reach a little bit on Sam Howell. In this draft, you may have to reach a lot. Multiple rounds. <laughs> right. I mean, you may have to go you know, six. Sam Howell goes in the, he goes the mid-10th round, quarterback 28. So we're at quarterback 18 now. Let's say, are we going to say that he goes before round seven in this draft? Like before the end of round seven? I think that's a fair over-under. Yeah, well, you mentioned he's up to QB 30 in what I'm looking at here, the first pick of okay. the 11th round. So we're, we're looking at very similar ADPs on the site. There are a lot of different things you can do to select uh, what tournaments you want to look at, which time frames you want to look at. Obviously, Howell has been rising, but I mean, this is the range here where QB 30 is still an incredible discount on him. You have Mac Jones at QB 25, Jordan Love QB 27, Purdy at QB 28, Tannehill at QB 29. In the draft that we discussed a little bit recently on one of the shows, Blair and I selected actually four quarterbacks where we went with young Howell, Ritter, and Tannehill. That I think will be a little bit trickier to do here, but it may be something where we, in addition to not selecting a QB, that we also have to be off of Howell in this one again, just to kind of balance the different elements that we're looking at. And I mean, there there are still some other guys. I think that too in this one, when we're talking about how would you take some risks to build a team that could potentially win the tournament, this is one where maybe you're looking even at Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, despite the fact that their collegiate careers suggest that they will be busts. Just because the percentages work in a certain way, if you're getting a good price in a tournament, in a league, a draft like this one, where it makes sense to bet on the 
less likely outcome, you want to keep that in mind. You're not necessarily going to have 0% of Levis and Richardson just because you don't actually think that they're going to hit. And so I think that we have some options. Kind of actually like the late quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective this year a little bit more than in some seasons, which again, not surprisingly, that filters back through to some of the decisions we made early. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see because draft to draft, that's always going to switch up a little bit. And, and two of the players that I was hoping that may have slid in, we're getting into a kind of a, a veteran wide receiver range in terms of the, the tiers of players. DJ Moore goes off the board at the 509, then Keenan, Keenan Allen on the next pick, Dallas Goddard, Matthew Stafford, Najee Harris, Christian Watson. So those three wide receivers were all wide receivers I would have been interested at at this next selection. Drake London is still there, still available. He would probably be the preferred option if we get back here at wide receiver. Sean, is there any other wide receivers? And this can be the tricky part when we're holding off, waiting off to see how things go. Anyone else standing out at the wide receiver position for you here when we get back to our next selection in this particular range? It's uh, those last couple of picks put a little bit of a squeeze on, I think. I think Mike Williams could be interesting still there as well in that, that zone. Yeah, as you mentioned, Christian Watson and Chris Godwin going, Keenan Allen going. Those are guys that we would have liked to get back to us. The top players by ADP tend to be people we're not on as much. Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk. It's not that Cooper won't have another solid season, but if you hit on him last season, this is probably the chance to get back off of him for 2023 Christian Kirk a fantastic season I think that the Jaguars secondary receivers are pretty interesting Ridley appears to be getting overdrafted Kirk Zay Jones still quite probably the way to play that or at least strong possibilities for guys who could hit again but I think despite the reticence or the fear associated with drafting Atlanta Falcons players after the 2022 debacle Drake London someone who when we're looking at those year two wide receivers he could take a massive step forward Terry McLaurin is the safe pick we usually don't go that route but George Pickens someone who could take a massive step forward Kenny Pickett is still available and so as we look at potential pairings as we move along, both of those guys are interesting because Ritter, Pickett, QBs, you would expect to last. Now, Pickett may not last too much longer than this. It might be something where we need to go Pickens and then Pickett in round seven, which is maybe, again, above what I would prefer to pay for him. But those selections are interesting to me. Deontay Johnson is still there. He should bounce back this season. Marquise Brown, someone we selected in our last draft like this, he's still there. Colin, we're on the clock. The last couple of picks were Mike Williams, Javante Williams, Aaron Rodgers. Gibbs went at running back. He would have been something I uh, would have even made the pitch to you that maybe we select four consecutive runners. We're, we're looking at a receiver here. Who do you like? Yeah, I think Drake London. This is about five picks above where he normally goes, but based on the players that have gone, you know, this is a range where normally the likes of Jerry Judy would go. Mike Williams is off the board. Christian Watson is off the board quite a while ago. So, I think Drake London is the pick, and I think it could be interesting. The other players, Sean, that are in this range, you know, Jamison Williams, Deontay Johnson, who you mentioned. Ideally, I think we get two of those in this swing around. It's probably not going to happen, but yeah, I think Drake London is the play if we're hoping to get one of those guys potentially sliding back around. So, Colin, oh, we take, take a deep breath. We now have two wide receivers. <laughs> we take London there. CeeDee Lamb, Drake London. 
it's not difficult at all to see a week 17 event where Lamb goes for 14 targets, London goes for 15 targets. It, you have to project a little bit of improvement, expansion of the Atlanta Falcons passing game to get there. But we know that London was very, very heavily targeted in the last month of the season. He and Desmond Ritter appeared to have a good rapport, even if the efficiency on those targets was lacking on many occasions. But again, with London, you saw most of what you wanted to see last season. He's capable of getting open underneath. He's capable of getting open deep. His lateral explosiveness for a receiver of that size is almost unparalleled. Contested catches were an issue. We tend to fade the contested catch and the drop element for receivers as it's both not particularly predictive and also something that if the receiver just gets open often enough, doesn't come into play. I mean, if you're able to draw 150 targets on the season, I mean, you can fail to make a few catches and you're still going to be a big impact player for fantasy. If he does take a little bit of a step forward there and when you watch his college film, I mean, he's just vacuuming everything up. Drake London, somebody at wide receiver 25, Sure, a little bit of the breakout is priced in, and yet if he jumps up to the Wilson Olave range, two guys who went at wide receiver 11, wide receiver 17, not that far apart positionally, but that's multiple rounds up. I'd almost be surprised if both of those guys don't outperform where they were selected, but also that London makes the move into that group. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see now over the next, uh, the next, I think. 12 months there's gonna be a lot of fluctuation in some of the wide receivers there is those veterans which are really getting kind of beyond that age curve now and then we're seeing some of these young guys come through over the last you know one to three seasons and i think it's gonna be a fun it feels like we've been in a golden age of wide receivers sean but it feels like we're we're going to continue that as we move forward here through the opening six selections now we have travis kelsey we have cd lamb we have drake london Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson. We have no quarterbacks in a super flex contest. So we'll see how we manage that as we walk on through this draft. We are going to hold it there for today's part of the draft. We will be coming back. Let's see if those wide receivers make it back to us that we're hoping to get potentially in round seven. Sean also mentioned potential of maybe Kenneth, Kenny Pickett. We'll see if that happens. So come back, join us for the other parts of this draft. They'll be posting throughout the rest of the week. If you're interested in signing up up at rotaviz.com to get all the content, use all the tools over there. Use the promo code RVRADIO2023 at checkout. That'll save you 10% off your one-year subscription. We'll be back with part two in the coming days. Make sure you're subscribed to the Rotaviz Overtime podcast feed. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.